0: You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com.
1: All right, let's get back to some boring subjects. Understand the risks to our country. Freedom brings people together. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com.
0: Hey, welcome to the Chris Spangle Show. Thank you for being here. We really do appreciate it. Today we are discussing The View from Eastern Europe. Listener Anna is a listener of the program, and she and I have had a lot of conversations over the last month about everything that's going on. And I thought it'd be interesting for people to hear her perspective. You know, Americans have never been invaded. Uh, We've been at war, but we've not been in the war, right? In the same way that a lot of our friends in the Balkans and the Baltic states have been, and Ukraine. And uh, she has a different point of view about Vladimir Putin and Russia and America that I think would be an interesting thing for many of you to hear. So, tune in now and stay tuned
1: right after these messages. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. if only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... so the language is sometimes strong and offensive. Ah, I don't know what I said, Uh ah! Welcome to the Chris Spangle Show. Our goal is to help you sound smarter while talking to your friends. If you struggle to understand politics, we explain it from an independent, libertarian point of view. With all of the irreverence it deserves, we toss out the screaming heads, put people before political parties, and give context to the news to make you think. Now, here's our host, Chris Spangle, a 15-year veteran, of politics
0: and media. Hey everybody, welcome to the program again. My name is Chris Spangle. Sorry for the weird voice. Allergies. Allergies have started here in central Indiana and I'm dying. Thank you for being here. Uh, Like I said, we're going to talk about The View from Eastern Europe, about the war in Ukraine between Russia and Ukraine. Um, Weirdly, Ukraine has become a 51st state. Uh, If you watch the the mainstream media or politicians but we always begin every program by thanking our patrons members of wall plus w-a-l-plus join wallplus.com you get all kinds of great benefits first and foremost a new show every week wednesday nights they've been averaging 30 to 50 minutes uh you can tune in at the five dollar level and if you're at the ten dollar level you get to join in so, uh, please, go. We've got an extra show every week now just for our patrons, and it helps us immensely. We are, we are, um, well, quite frankly, like I've said, I want to do this full-time, and uh, to do that full-time means I've got to make an up income I'd lose from leaving a full-time job. So, we need you to join Wall Plus right now and uh, increase the amount of content. Man, I have like 10 shows in my head. That I I want to plot out, but I just don't have time, so I'd love to have the time to do that. Uh, And, you know, greater assistance for our network hosts like our buddy Hody Johns. Hody is one of the best human beings alive, and he hosts Enemy of My Enemy over on the We Are Libertarians podcast network, of which we are a part. See all the programs right now at Libertarians.com. Thank you especially to our members. Uh, It's funny, Jason Doolittle said that I know that I'm last because you must have put these in order of those who joined. And that's exactly right. Our $100 a month members of Wall Plus, Lars Nordskog, Jake Edel, Matthew Durbin, Reinhold, Christy Avery, and Jason Doolittle. As you can see, that list of $100 folks has gotten a little smaller uh, as things. And so we really need you to help make up that... Uh, th- times are getting tough around here at the We are Libertarians podcast network at a time where desperately needed to expand our efforts in being a common sense news source that is trying to break down all these narratives. Listen, I've talked to a lot of you over the last couple months. Everybody doesn't know what to believe and everybody's really confused. And what we're trying to do is help sort some of that stuff out. And so join Wall Plus. There's our buddy Dion Curry, co-host of the Pat Down with me and Miss Pat, also um you know one of the best guys that i know and i uh, really appreciate him and uh make sure you go uh check out now that's debatable which is a fun show all right enough of all this shameless self-promotion let's get on with the program uh joining us is harry price harry please say hello you're all gonna have to unmute yourselves <sighs> You know, if you join Wall Plus, then maybe we will become <laughs> professionals uh, if we have a little bit more income here at the network.
2: <laughs> I think it's my fault. I think I was like, when I was moving my screens around so I could, like, make sure I can model the chats and stuff like that. So I apologize for that. To, to, to I,
0: emphasize the, you know, losing those $100 men, the three or four of them, I'm to, having to use Scott's toilet paper, not only for my behind, but also on my nose. That's how, listen, please join our Patreon Help help me buy Kleenex again.
2: <laughs> yeah, but like, uh, I, I'm doing pretty well over the last few weeks. I know, like, the whole low-key Wall crew has been hit by the CIA like a cold gun in like the uh, last few weeks, which which stinks. What, everyone except a... right, everyone you're... except Reinhold. So like, I, I'd don't be get careful, sick. Reinhold.
3: I, get, I haven't got. I didn't get COVID. I don't. I don't get sick very often. It's hard to get sick, and you don't leave the house ever.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. No, no human contact helps. Uh all right, Anna. You I think we first yes. uh became acquaintances through uh the Pat Down and you're a Pat Down Crack Baby. Yeah. And then you started listening yeah. to this show, right?
4: Yeah. Uh so I'm a Craig baby for um Two years now, at least, I've seen Miss Pet on, on the Breakfast Show Club. Mm-hmm. So uh, I looked up her podcast. Of course, she's hilarious. She's easy to get into. So that's how I came to find out about you, Chris, and and Dion. I befriended you on Facebook, so I started watching your individual podcasts. So here awesome! We are. So I started co- commenting on the, especially on the. Uh, war as the war of Ukraine started, I started commenting on your posts, especially since once you ask me, you are—I I got a package from Russia. You're Russian, right? <laughs> and I insisted, no, my surname doesn't uh, does, doesn't necessarily mean I'm Russian. Quite the opposite. I I know little about Russia.
0: No, you have a so, funny you have a funny accent, and you're over there. So to Americans. It's like, you all, do, you all, do you all get like Canadians and Americans confused in Eastern Europe?
4: Well, I used to, but now, and uh, now, um, I think I can tell, I can tell. I, I didn't, I couldn't tell apart Australian from American, let alone Canadian from American. But now listening to so much podcasts and listening to so much TV, Netflix, I think that I'm, I'm um, onto it.
0: Uh, so I'm just going to warn you, Anna, we are not trying to be ugly Americans. We are ugly Americans, which for those of the, you who don't know that term, uh, it is a book, basically an old book about uh, Americans who go abroad and act uh, stupidly without, it, it, just in total ignorance of cultural differences and not seemingly caring about cultural differences. Everybody's a ferner to us. Um, so I, I was like... You're the closest person to a Russian that I knew at that point, um, and I, I, I've since expanded my network of people into Russia, and I know that where you live is not Russia. It wasn't even part of the Soviet republics, uh, and yeah. so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you live, but we do apologize in advance. We're trying to learn here, so I'm going to ask, and these two idiots will ask a lot of stupid, ugly American questions of you. That's part of what this episode oh, is about, so... Tell us where you live and uh, where, you know what, what, just and a little bit about yourself.
4: Okay, so please do not apologize. This is the time to address the burning question, questions, the ugly American questions, as you tell them. So please don't hold back. I'll try to clear up some of the misconceptions I have. So um, I'm from Macedonia. Which is recently been renamed North Macedonia. Um, I'm from the Balkans. That is uh, former Yugoslavia. So to, to give you a little bit, uh, a clearer picture of where that is, that is north of Greece. So most people know, know where Greece is, right?
0: You're so, kind of on the, you're, where the boot of Italy is kicking Albania, which then you're next to Albanian. Exactly, right. Exactly. South of Kosovo, so, north of Greece.
4: Yes. So it's, uh, Europe is like, it's strangely close, but at the same time, it's so far away. So when I would travel somewhere in, in Europe, they always shout at me, European, no, get back in the line or go back left so I'm like I'm uh, made aware that I'm not European Uh, what is interesting is that in the Balkans a lot of people that are on on the physical peninsula don't feel they are Balkans themselves like the Greeks or the Croatians that are already in the European Union and NATO and are westernized Europeanized so Europeanized is a synonym for being cultured, being being like uh, a pretty uh, evolved human that is synonym for for european so a lot y- of yeah we don't, don't we don't not,
0: be... we talk a lot about american racism but just from watching the last month europeans seem more racist than we are <laughs> like so why 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 like when a Fr- a france person or a german or i don't know what you call a france person or uh, French. I mean, even I mean, French are the most haughty, right? Like, and then they considered the English forever, and probably still do, like you know, the white trash cousins of the North. Uh, but <laughs> what, what what is the distinction? So I know on the Balkans, for instance, you've got Croatia and Serbia, and you've got you know Bosnia and Herzegovina, so, yeah. and and you've got the wars within your own uh, peninsula there. Yeah, but yeah. then you've got the Western Europeans like France, Germany, UK, like. Yeah. What? Why? Why are you called out when you go to places like France as being less than European? What, what's that about?
4: Well, for once uh, there is a uh, there is a pass pesf- when you, when you're on the passport control, Europeans can just walk in and without showing no passports, no IDs, they just walk in, and we are like we are stopped, and I remember it being even uglier. Like back in the day when people would like, if you are from Hungary, everybody out the train, it was like they would, you would get petted down. It was like, it it wasn't, you were singled out. And to the point of racism, uh, I've mentioned a few times that like 40 miles from my, from my house, there is an American, um, base, military base. And so we, like, we have a lot of Americans here. And um, I started realizing at one point we are not white and nobody like nobody could grasp that because people don't think about race or they don't think that they think about
0: race. Now, hold on, much. Anna. Harry, let's just zoom in here on Anna. Uh, Harry, what do you think? <laughs> hmm. I'm going to have to go
2: yeah how much go white <laughs> <laughs>
0: what what do you mean by that like because yeah. to to Americans who have a uh, much more uh oops sorry Harry much more like clear racial boundaries like i think uh, you know, america has so many different cultures in it in europe
4: well that's, it, I, exactly i've talked to a lot reason.
0: of of pat down uh, a couple of pat down people like one said to me uh this is just a war against white people i don't really care i was like well, that's not cool. <laughs> like, so I, I. But I didn't understand that mentality. So, like, c- when you say you're not considered white, who is white, and why are you not white? Well, because to uh, Americans we, that sounds silly. Uh, uh,
4: we were really confused hearing it, but you gotta understand, and that's why maybe you should lean into the critical race theory thing. It's uh, the main point of it is. Uh, Race is a social construct, right? Because uh, a, an Indian person can be dark-skinned, or even a Greek person can be dark-skinned just as much as an African person, or ha- can have a curly or nappy hair. So that isn't the uh, identifying uh, an uh, identifying marker which makes you like dark-skinned or curly hair black. What they mean, I guess, is being here is they see the mosques. The Muslims, the culture, and that that's why they don't identify it as being um, uh, European like they've seen in Germany, in Italy, in, they don't see mosques there. they have so that's the, the, the
0: so we've seen the reaction like you look at the the reaction to Luke, Lukashenko importing people from Syria into Belarus on purpose. Yeah. As a way to basically like refugee warfare, putting them on the border with Poland, Poland like using the military to force Syrians you, and Iraqis back. Like they don't want the European Union does not want Muslim refugees coming in because yeah. they Did they view it.
4: What, what is going on? Do you, does it end up in the news? Uh, What's no, going on with the refugees.
0: No,
3: it it it
4: rivers of refugees, rivers of refugees right. from Africa and the Middle East, like. You, I cannot even explain those are like hundreds, if not millions, by this point. And in Italy, it's forbidden for you to help out a refugee. Wow! So, if you see uh refugees drowning, you cannot help them and bring them ashore. What they are literally walking on the beaches in Spain, like they're uh, because they're going from Libya from northern. Uh, Africa, and they're going with like sometimes with dinghy boats if it, it's not the distance is not too big. So they like refugees walk out on on beaches while people are vacationing, and that is why at the, at this point they paid out Turkey. So Turkey is taking; they give them probably billions of dollars. So they take in the Muslims and the Africans. So they stay there until the thing is resolved. And um, most of the Middle Eastern and African refugees ended up in um, in Germany, Sweden, and the UK. UK put a real fight with it. And uh, in Italy, there are a lot of Africans. Like, I, I've been in Italy, uh, like, maybe 10, 15 years ago and then two years ago, and I was really shocked. Like maybe in the uh, na- na- it's pretty diverse, and I was really shocked how, how diverse it was. I, yeah. not, I didn't remember it that way. So that's why it's um, always a threat to, like, to direct Middle Easterners to, like, to Europe, because it completely um, uh, debalances the whole fabric of, the, of their society. They, ha- they will have to learn to integrate them. There's no escaping it. Especially yeah. the African ones, where they they have their colonies to this day. Well,
0: which is which is like uh, America. I, well, I don't. I mean, a lot of what's happened is the right in Europe. Their thinking has infected the right of America, and has become very anti-immigration. Uh, and uh, America is the kind of culture that can help and accept immi- like accept immigrants. We're all from immigrants. Like you know, we don't have. Like, like if where you're at, you know the dis- the dissolution of Yugoslavia was, you know, the term Balkanization, partly means yeah. like the breakup of a country yeah. into, you know, cultural factions. Like, we don't have the same kind of, like. Croats, Bosnians, Serbians, Macedonians, Greeks, no. like, all living, like, you're, it, oh. it would be like, it would be like Indiana, Ohio, Kentucky, Illinois having, yeah. like, these great cultural distinctions, but we don't have that, so we don't quite understand it, and so we we look at, like, the, there is talk about, well, the, hold on, Anna, there is talk about, like, the, um, the differences between uh how poland is accepting their ukrainian neighbors and th- how they're treating you know like we have to be honest about these refugees we caused it <laughs> right like it, it is because of our wars and the west's wars in the middle east and then we want to say no you can't come in here in syria half the fifty co- 50 of the country left syria due to the syrian wars and then they've they've been caught in no man's land for 10 years so uh it's it's really a black mark on the west for sure um, but we are confused in general about why europe like to us why wouldn't i mean Germany's the most welcoming towards refugees of the country but there's such anger over it that a lot of us in america don't get it uh, because we you know, our airport has a Muslim prayer room and, and, you know, like, it's it's just part of our culture. I grew up in a in a city that's 2% Muslim and 98% white, but, you know, hopefully they weren't treated all that differently. Um, but, obviously, America does has, have its issues with race, as we've talked about. But, so, you know, when you talk about, you and I talked about Yugoslavia. Maybe you can explain what Yugoslavia was. And, you know, you're around our age you know you're so like in 91 i was in first grade that's when your country was formed
4: yeah uh, i was a kid when um when it fell apart but i remember uh like i remember a lot of it because it's hard not to remember it for example Ceausescu. that was not yugoslavia but it of course we were glued to the TVs as the eastern bloc started falling apart. So who, first, can you explain Berlin who Ceaușescu who
0: Ceaușescu was?
4: The Ceaușescu was the president like dictator president of Romania. So he was um, caught there were there was unrest throughout Eastern Europe. Balkan isn't part of the Eastern Europe, it's southeastern. So um, he was caught they measured his they took his uh, blood pressure and they shot him. So that was on TV. And as a kid, you see that, you are stunned. You, you've never seen a live execution before. And the next day, the uh, the teacher comes in with press clippings and tries, tries to explain to you what happened and how this doesn't affect what's going on here. But it did, of course, it did affect, affect it. Yugoslavia started breaking apart um so now it's becoming clear what was going on serbia which is like a satellite a satellite uh, republic of russia much like belarus uh first started going at croatia they had like maybe one or two year war then they proceeded uh, and the croatians are catholics so Serbs are Orthodox Christians like, like the Russians and the Croatians are Catholics. So they proceeded going uh, south to Bosnia. Bosnia is even more complex. It's 30% Muslim, 30% Catholic and then the rest is mixed or Orthodox. So that, that was a civil war which was which was I cannot explain how bloody it was. It was beyond description some of it is on YouTube but I wouldn't recommend it uh, this also happened on our TVs like I remember vividly even though I was a kid um, the uh, uh, the the newscaster ducking like all of a sudden now may I ask
0: like how far at, like, if you were to drive to that area of where that war was how long would the drive be
4: it's uh, 400 miles to Belgrade It's like I would I would take like ten hours with a bus. All right,
0: so basically, like a war happening in Florida for Hoosiers, essentially. So I'm just trying to give people some perspective of how close you were to this stuff.
4: Yeah, they're like our neighboring country. One, like uh, Serbia, is our north neighboring country. The the border is a half hour drive. Uh, and and that's borders
0: with Kosovo, right? Kosovo had, yes, had its yes. own war, which America and NATO intervened in. Yeah,
4: at that a certain solidified. Point. They solidified everything, and to this day, it hounds them. So uh, then Serbia proceeded to Kosovo. Uh, and uh, I, uh, Bill Clinton was at the time, was president of uh, America. So they said, okay, this cannot happen all over and over again. To Macedonia, that is another decade of wars. So this is unattainable. And so they sent out um, planes. And I remember the planes flying over and I had panic attacks. I know that they weren't meant for me, but we knew we were in some kind of danger. We just just didn't know where from. And um, yeah, it it, uh, ended pretty quickly, maybe in weeks. And Kosovo got their own country. Americans rule practically Kosovo at the moment. And um, still? um, Now? Yeah, yeah. I told you Hillary Clinton has a a statue there. Oh, boy. Yeah, the American flags are stated all around the place because they feel they owe owe their country to you. Really? Yeah. Um, Uh, Albanians love you.
0: (laughs) Albanians love us. Cool. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So so just to like add another layer to this, you know, Yugoslavia is this country that that basically flirted with, you know, the USSR and then eventually rejected it It was a socialist country. It had, you know, Croatia, Bosnia, Serbia, Macedonia, uh, you know, all these different countries within it. They had a rotating presidential thing. Slobodan Milosevic, who was uh, aligned with Russia, was originally seen to be this um, and they were on the eastern side and and he was supposed to be like this reformer, but then he ends up becoming a brutal dictator. There's two separate groups within Serbia in the north and then then south in in Kosovo. And uh, the he wanted to reduce the influence of other foreign powers in those places. He invades them he He just he basically starts committing genocide, and the United States and NATO intervene in Kosovo to stop the genocide from taking place because hundreds of thousands of people were being killed and yeah. so it was a peacekeeping mission with the u n <clears throat> um so you know, there was also over in other places different warring factions. So you have all these different states in the Balkans through the 90s as the USSR is breaking down and it comes down to what <clears throat> a lot of the conversation is now is spheres of influence, right? So Ru- Putin gave this speech in 2007 uh, to the Munich Security Council with John McCain sitting in the front row s- just fuming basically saying spheres of influence exist. And this is really great power politics and how most of the, the world has worked for as long as history. You know, we, we have been living in a rare time over the last 20, 30 years where the United States was the sole superpower and great power politics didn't exist. And that's what Putin is trying to reestablish is great power politics. And so the Soviet Union and America had these spheres of influence that would come into countries and say, well, they're the bad guy, we're here to liberate you and keep you from the uh, that bad guy harming you. Uh, and, you know, for Putin, the way that he views this is that his spheres of influence are the countries on his border, the former Warsaw Pact countries, countries like Poland, like Ukraine, like Belarus. He has the right to have the sphere of influence, much the same way that Americans view the... the western hemisphere is their sphere of influence like we are responsible for keeping in line all of these south american and central american countries and it's very much an imperialist mindset um and in europe these european countries say well putin clearly poses a danger which it Like, if you look at Chechnya, he clearly posed a danger to, that that country wanted to secede, he said no, and started a brutal war to, to keep them from seceding. And in the Balkans and these Eastern European border states, there's been a power competition for the sphere of influence within these governments between NATO and the European powers in the United States, what's called the West, collectively, and Russia because Vladimir Putin wants to have control, much like Belarus. Uh, you'll have a strong man in Belarus, or in Ukraine, you'll have a Russian-aligned puppet in Ukraine, and then the Maidan protests come along and try to sweep him out of power and install someone who's more like Zelensky, who's more Western-aligned. Uh, now, Anna, I mean, is that a fair summation of kind of, how how eastern europeans and and I, I don't know if you consider yourself european at all uh, based on kind of what you said but like you're definitely in like you said you have an american base uh near you but you said russians are trying to establish a base near you too like was that a fair summation of kind of the power politics and the pull that your country feels
4: yeah and uh, now with what's going on in ukraine now it's clearer than ever that this is not just assumption or speculation. It's pretty much in the jig is up. It's in the open. If when uh, Montenegro tried to enter NATO, they tried to destabilize the whole country, Russia, because Montenegro was very close to Serbia. So they thought, okay, this is a done deal. They're on our side. But then they switched sides. Same with Same with Macedonia. So we had exactly the same uh, scenario uh, happening with what happened to you with the capital. The pro-Russian government, which was in power for maybe 12 years, for a whole decade. Um,
0: in which country? They were
4: in Macedonia. Okay. So they were, that's like, a, uh, like like they're following a tutorial, how to be an autocrat, <clears throat> like a mini-Putin. You take take over the media. You put people that are that are too loud or causing friction in jail. Like you take hold control of everything. You earn billions of dollars on like shady deals. So a pro Western leader, which he resigned because he was pissed at Europe uh, when he lost the elections because he wouldn't get money, as and he would put his life in danger. So they he, he gained momentum with some um, with uh, colorful, colorful revolution, so called, similar to uh, what happened in Maidan, and they stormed uh, uh, the parliament. We have a parliament, so there there were Russian spies, Serbian spies, and then CIA or um, uh, Americans saved the politicians, like uh, the whole political uh pa- the the all of the politicians that are in power were in the parliament that day they, because they try- were trying to form gover- the government so they swooped them away because they were about to be killed like it was it, it was crazy and from that on uh, from that moment on everybody kind of uh uh smart enough because the Europeans as well as americans they just left us be for a time, for a while okay you are an in, especially in the obama years they thought we are not going to be uh, the uh, the world policeman you are an independent country you can do your own thing but that isn't how things turned up to be so putin came in and like and like playing monopoly he took over the Macedonian politics, the Montenegrin. Serbia will never be in NATO because NATO bombed uh, Serbia, but they are trying to get into the European Union. They are uh, uh, Russian um, Russian allies, and I don't think that will ever change, even though the, their president said that he aged for 10 years this past two weeks because he is facing an immense pressure He's probably made
0: two sides. Um, yeah, I watched this documentary and I would recommend people look into Chechnya because Chechnya was this country kind of south of Russia towards more Afghanistan. And it's called Chechnya, War Without Trace and it's on Tubi. And this is like the precursor. So they wanted to separate from Russian influence and go their own way. Putin as an, a new president. Uh, so... Th- Yeltsin, under a peacekeeping falsehood basically 1994 invades chechnya and the russian way of war is to rubble a city just destroy it till they give up and then take it over and install a strongman puppet and <clears throat> i forget the name of the uh uh the guy who's in charge of chechnya now uh, maybe you know uh, and it's not in drop uh i'll look it up but so anyway fighting
4: in in, uh, ukraine right
0: so yeah uh, so my my point is that like all these countries like your country and poland and all these other countries had just elected pro-democratic you know anti-russian sphere of influence politicians and saw basically the war crimes that were being committed in chechnya and said we don't have the money for our own defense we need your help that's why the nato expansion took place was a reaction to the to what happened in chechnya because countries like macedonia said we don't have the ability to fight this and so in all these different countries you have what's called color revolutions where these putin puppets have been overthrown you know a decade after being you know installed and that's where if you see oh this is a cia-backed coup that's where the that's what people are talking about, and there is some truth that, to the fact that the United States is backing pro democracy factions in countries that are are under are seeing a color revolution and trying to fight for democracy, um, and you know. But I, I guess it comes to, so Americans kind of see this on a, in a, like a flat way, right? Like. America versus Russia, and we are very aware of our own sins and our own faults as a country. Like, Iraq laid bare the militarism of the United States government and of Hillary Clinton and these other people. And so, when we hear somebody like like you say, we need your help, we kind of identify with Barack Obama going, well, we're not the world's policeman. We, we lost a lot in Iraq. It didn't work out. We saw Abu Ghraib. We saw these things. Like it's not really our responsibility to help you fight the Russians, so be it. I mean, how how do you view that? Like, how do you how do you and a lot of your country men and women like view the United States? Because that's how we view ourselves, which is a, a, a militaristic country that doesn't want to go around policing the world and shouldn't have to. Uh. Do yeah. you all kind of agree with that? Like, do you see a uh, moral equivalence between Russia and the United States in the way that we see? Because that's how we kind of see it. Uh, right or wrong. There's
4: a, yeah. There, there's like a strong divide. And this this decade of pro-Putin, everything pro-Russia. And they, listen, they don't have to explicitly say we love Putin and we're pro-Russia. But the whole uh, concept and the whole way of thinking is including how do you view America. So maybe half of them think, and I don't want to play with game, with uh, numbers, so I'll say one half of them think that Americans are disimperialistic, not just Americans, but Europe as well, the West, are these imperialistic colonizers that go around uh, the world and terrorize people steal their their, uh, goods, the the diamonds, the the oil, the everything. And let let me
0: say, a lot of that is absolutely true, but what Russian propaganda does is it takes those nuggets of truth, like the hospital bombing, and just repeats that and says, well, we get to do what we want because they did this.
4: And then the other the other half of the the public, the people are more, okay, we cannot be aligned with a madman like Putin. Like we cannot live in a non-dictatorship. like dictatorship. It's just non-attainable. It's not a good way to live. It's just not who we are and not who we are striving to be. And it's just morally wrong. So it's, like budding heads, these these two points are budding heads, and I think that um, that everybody, just like NATO United, it's the same with the media. Everybody woke up to the truth that you cannot play with propaganda. You cannot just uh, write it off to freedom of speech and just let them be because it will do so much harm. It's you. It's. Y- beyond yeah it, the,
0: the, the the calculus changes when russia invades a country and starts bombing hospitals <laughs> and basically the largest second largest or the largest country in europe and they start treating it like chechnya and rubbling it and y- i mean so where will they stop right right <clears throat> yeah so i mean i've i've heard this described as europe's 9-11 and you know uh, for a place like macedonia you're 9-11 where it no longer becomes like this which team are you going to pick? They're both bad options to Oh, America's not invading Ukraine. Putin is invading Ukraine and killing children and bombing hospitals. So, is that an accurate description like and and if so, mm-hmm. like what what changed when Russia invaded Ukraine for Macedonians?
4: I was like the morning when I woke up, I had this feeling the next day i had this feeling like something horrible happened to me like something personally horrible. like my life changed that that was the feeling i had that nothing's gonna be the same that we are in a um in a state of danger that our peace can can be uh retrieved at any point because the ukrainians didn't many of them didn't think that it will come to this like this wasn't even in their wildest dreams. They knew that something might erupt, but not mm-hmm. at this like at this level. So um, mm, as far as Americans are, they they think that you provoked it. Like uh, Russia had asked, has asked, but not all like some uh, that uh, Russia has asked you nicely. Don't poke us. Like don't uh, put NATO in our on our borders just keep keep your distance and you keep on um refusing to do that and uh provoking them so now they have to like to act that's that point i uh, how, how not... do you
0: where do you come down on that
4: i come uh, down on uh, even though things are complex and nothing is like black and white there's a lot of gray area that maybe we're some of it we're not aware of ukraine is a uh, is an independent, sovereign country that has its, um, its right and liberties to to go into NATO or not go into NATO. And even if they don't see eye to eye on some things, this type of war is absolutely unacceptable. I, I mean, I don't know what to say. I, I, I'm i downfounded. And again, where will they stop? They're obvious, obviously... Uh, not to mention that Putin seems to be in some type of... He was always cool, calm, and collected, but it, lately he's unhinged, as many of Americans say. That is pretty much correct. He seems um, uh, uncalculated. You cannot know where he will go next. So that's a scary prospect and scary thing to to see because uh, the NATO head, Stoltenberg, mentioned Romania. Uh, also, your yeah, your president. Bo- he ma- they mentioned Bosnia. They, they're sending uh, troops to Bosnia, trying to to strengthen them. And Georgia in Asia. So.
0: And, and how do Macedonians and you yourself feel about Americans starting to put troops into these countries? Like, do you do you resent the fact that there's an American base no. in your country?
4: No, not at all. It's in Kosovo. It's not in my country, but it's really close close to the border. And the America, Americans have a huge, uh, embassy. Like it has under, underground, but like it's, it's a strategic, it's a really important strategic place. It's obviously somewhere between the West and the East. And that's why they position themselves here. But I don't resent it at all. I feel it as reinforcing and, and st- stabilizing force, not the opposite way around because we've seen Americans unlike Europeans and I've been banned on Facebook from saying that this um Americans have been proactive every time something every time something happens Americans come in and try to like to to restore it they've always been respectful they've always held, held their word. but the Europeans are like um we can be bothered, but I think they've been snapped out, out of it. They just like their nice life, which is luxurious and and it's with nice standard. But this change, obviously,
0: yeah, I mean, it's changed in a big way in Europe, European capital. In some ways, <clears throat> Biden has not been proactive in a lot of this. Um, which you know, I, I'm I'm a, when when wars are starting. Me personally, Anna, I'm okay with our president taking a nap. Uh, but it sounds like you might not uh, totally agree with that.
4: I mean, I've, I've heard that he, he, like, the ce- he has senior moments, uh, <laughs> but uh, just be- maybe just because I want him to do good. So I'm writing, uh, writing these things to him, like, he's doing he's not antagonizing putin he's not uh, escalating es- escalating of the situation even more with maybe closing the sky as ukrainians say so i wouldn't know i just know what i see on the news from time to time uh, i uh, the first thing by the way the first thing when i i heard that uh, putin invaded ukraine the first thing i thought was what did joe do <laughs> they had bilateral talks, and I thought he did something to provoke this. But of course, it, it wasn't as simple as that. Yeah, he I, I he had a lot of talks.
0: I so I, I definitely uh, there's definitely no doubt that the Americans are provocative, Reinhold. I mean, but when you look at Chechnya and if Chechnya is the guide, where Putin will make an entire population submit and install a Ramzan Kadyrov. Kadyrov is this uh, dictator who basically took over for the his dad. He's head of a major um, tribe there, for lack of a better word. Uh, and he has systematically shut down the press. He jails. It's what we're seeing in Russia, basically. The systematic shutting down of the press, the last vestiges of free press and free speech in Russia were shut down over the last month. You see this rally with Vladimir Putin holding a, holding a pro-war rally saying, we're we're only there as a peacekeeping mission to liberate them from genocide. And I think anyone with a brain that is watching images on television that isn't just completely in a stream of Russian propaganda in this country sees that the genocide that's taking place now is one way. And it's not from these Nazis that are are so yeah. insignificant in that country that they couldn't even win. If the country was taken over by Nazis would they have not won more than zero seats in elections for the parliament in in ukraine like this nazi thing is absolutely true nazi neo-nazis do absolutely exist in this country but it isn't at the level that russia's propaganda makes it out to be including a lot of libertarian news outlets i'm sorry to say uh but the those neo-Nazi factions exist in every country. ADM in Germany and Le Pen's party have neo-Nazi elements in their country. And guess who funds them? Russia. So it's it's kind of insane that they you know claim one thing and and uh, say the other. So uh, the the idea that I, I I just look at Reinhold kind of the moral equivalence between America and Russia in terms of foreign policy um i mean we we have a what responsibility do we have i think we have a responsibility to stop funding the war in yemen stop sending you know bombs into yemen and provoking literal genocides uh and i think we have i I think the nato expansion thing it's sort of like removing agency from vladimir putin as if he's just like some wild bear like, Vladimir Putin is just this wild bear that can be provoked by American decision-making because he has no agency on his own. Like, this is a man who, maybe he's gone bonkers, but I think has been very consistent. Like Osama bin Laden said, I, if you continue to do this, I will do this. He's never lied. He's been very honest. Uh, but he probably was going to do it no matter what. Right, like he was going to invade Ukraine no matter what, because he's been saying it for 22 years, uh, and that's why NATO never allowed Ukraine to join because they knew he was going to do it and didn't want to actually fight on their behalf. But I, th- I, I think that NATO expansion and America's sins are, are incomplete explanations in terms of where we're at.
3: And, and definitely, yeah. I mean that's. He's been talking about reunifying Russia and making Russia what it used to be for years. And this is just the first step. He's already made uh, comments about other countries. He's talking about Kosovo and and things like that. Other, other countries were, once he's done in Ukraine, he's going to go try and get those countries on his side, too. Um, the ironic thing is that his actions, the way he did it. Uh, without trying to gain any consensus or any support from anybody. Yeah, he should have done what America that, did and lied to really the world community.
0: That. He didn't lie in the right way in the right channels to to actually get his war like
3: America did in Iraq. Right? He didn't have any support at all, so now the whole world is turning against him, and all these countries in Eastern Europe who were on the fence on whether to join NATO or not join NATO, stay with Russia, keep the and tried it was trying to do a balancing act between the two countries. To, to have trade and and good relations with both are starting to just go. Hey, can we join NATO now? You know, I mean, there's there's a several of them that are doing that. So, you know, I think it backfired on him. To be honest with you, I mean, if he if he had succeeded and rolled through Ukraine in two days, you know, maybe it's a different story. But he didn't. He it's it's been an abject failure, in my opinion, on everything he's done.
0: Yeah, Anna. Does the fact that the Russian military Suck complete ass. Does that give you any <laughs> comfort?
4: <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it's not only comforting. It's also very pleasurable. And it feels like the good guy. Uh, when in the movie, the good guy wins. Like, that's sort of. But I don't want to be overly hopeful. Like um, Also, I try to remember those are, by all accounts, those are kids that some of them weren't even told they were going to war, but they were going training, or they have no clue where, where they ended up, and um, so that's like that's the hu- humane, as always, uh, side of it. But for now, it seems it seems pretty promising that the Ukrainians might actually pull pull it off. Like they they might even win it. They might even. They might even win it, and it won't drag out. It's at this point. It seems like that they they don't have manpower. They are demotivated. Again, from what I've read and and seen, um, uh, they uh, the terrain is hostile. People aren't helping them. Uh, they cannot rest. They cannot uh, maintain the uh, the weapons and the and the vehicles so uh, but that also uh makes them even more uh, aggressive there's like there, there's this um, story from about putin that everybody the the mouse story have you heard it no that's when he was a kid he he saw ma- uh, that when a mouse was put in the corner uh, a rat was uh, he was becoming. it was becoming really aggressive and so that saved its life. And that was a great lesson, apparently, he learned. Yeah, so everybody he, keeps repeating this uh, this story, like, be careful, if you put him in corner, he might lash out. He, um,
0: he, when he was a kid, the reason he's into judo is that he lived in this very tough neighborhood. Like, Leningrad, where he grew up, Yeah, uh, was absolutely destroyed, starved by the Nazis, and was, uh, there's a book called The... Uh, was it? It's by Masha. Guessing the man with no face. I think it is. I'm about seventy percent through it, and his. It's really good. It's really interesting. Kind of his background, but he he would get into fights every single day. Uh, he would fight. He was he was not pro communist. Uh, he wouldn't wear like the red bandana that all the other communist kids would. So they'd pick on him and beat him up. Uh, and so he learned judo as self defense. So he. You know, he's just got this mentality. Uh, I think Americans understand if, if they have a clear view of who Trump is and don't view him as, like, some sort of moral good and savior, you really have, I think, a clear picture of how Putin thinks, too, in a lot of ways. Like, I'm not going to lose. There's no circumstances in which I will lose. And he can't walk away from the Ukrainian war at this point because, yeah. um, you know, the West has decimated their finances to the point that he, he's 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 temporarily jailing the oligarchs for reason and murdering ones that are over in Britain for a reason because there's no way out for him he is kind of cornered and so will he use nuclear weapons that are battle no, like I, I don't I don't buy the idea like I think there's a lot of fear mongering that this guy if we go too far he's going to use nukes and Chicago will get nuked like I, I mean when, when it comes to nuclear weapons and Putin using them like how do you view that how do people in in Eastern Europe think of it
4: well, probably we still haven't gone as far about think, to thinking about to be thinking about nukes. I don't think so. I haven't witnessed too many uh, conversations about that. But um, if he's uh, if what you're saying, I don't know his extensive biography. I only tried to get sense of who he is these past few weeks. Um, But if he's uh, used to being the underdog his whole life and he tries of it, some people are like that, like you tell them they can do it and they'll do everything to prove you wrong. And um, I hope that he he won't have to prove that he's going to do what he says he's going to do. Because with Ukraine, it was the same thing. Like, no, that can't happen, not at this point. That's completely irrational to be thinking like that. And then he did it, and um at least where I'm standing from, that's what I was thinking. Uh, so with the nukes, I know that he probably doesn't want to resort to it, uh, but who knows what he's capable of? If he thinks he's he has nothing to like nothing to live for, like there's there's no options for him like other than jail or death or or exile who knows if he'll he's willing to take down the whole world with him i don't know but again even more so the fact that they seem the russian military doesn't seem to be as um as modernized as like they haven't been tried as much in in modern capacity that also is kind i don't know how nukes work but for some reason, that also gives me some level of comfort.
0: So, so what would you like America to do, and what what do a lot of people in your country and your region of the world like? What really do they want from America and its government?
4: Right in uh, the Ukraine scenario,
0: or that that and for their own personal. So, give us both.
4: For both personal, I would say um if if they remain being as involved because uh, we've built everything under the uh, under the assumption and under, under the guarantees that we have this presence that is again stabilizing uh, uh, you probably give a lot of money with uh, with the infrastructure and probably projects so if you pull the rug uh, underneath us that won't probably be good here or anywhere. and um I also want you to know that you're not an isolated island that is completely disconnected from the world because I've heard uh, I've heard people say we don't have any Americans don't have anything to do with Ukraine. why are we getting involved? Why are we sending money? And obviously it's it's not like that. I mean to me at least it's obvious because You've you've said it's power politics, right? You've been involved in that level of politics involved in the world again since forever, and um, of course you are involved.
0: So. so, so long story short, keep your promises of security guarantees and don't just throw you to the wolves. Is That a good yeah yeah at
4: this point yeah at this point yes that would be un- but I have every. I ever believe that uh, there's no reason for me to believe that's not going to be like that.
0: Do you, do you trust America to fulfill those promises? Uh, well. That's, that's good enough. I you mean, can they, stop there. We heard yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, go ahead and finish the thought. Like, de-
4: de- depends what America is. Again, Bush was a really good friend of, of Macedonia. Like, he loved us. Like, he made such gestures that he didn't have to do. He came here, he came over, like, and I I have seen that after he left the presidency, a lot of his uh, colleague politicians that loved him as well for that, like, uh, very hearty, very, like, people, people, um, uh, people person. Uh, Obama, he was very intellectual, also very beloved, but he pulled, pulled back a little bit. Uh, and in those years, that's what uh, allowed Putin to to come in in this region and and grab a hold of it. Trump. So it depends what America is at the moment. In in short.
0: Yeah. Right. Bipolar. So, yeah, the- believe me, we're all tired of it too. You, so yeah, it sounds like if America is unstable, then it sounds like your region is unstable too. Is that yeah, a fair way to yeah, say?
4: Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you feel Ukraine, if, if you're uh, uh, occupied with what's going on in Ukraine, you can imagine the leader of, of the free world, How that? what effect does it have? Because Europe surely sure isn't that. Like They're really sleepy and really, but I think that it's a wake-up call for everybody that things won't just happen on themselves.
0: Harry, Europe is low T is what I'm hearing from her. <laughs> very <laughs> very low <clears> T. <throat> and it
2: just also shows like uh, you know Europe kind of sucks you know it's just half the reason why like uh, England tri- got the heck out of the EU you know come on you know they've shamed everyone for doing any world policing but won't do any of their own you know they're mm. completely shameful of it
0: so so like do you consider the base in Kosovo is that world policing like <clears throat> like where where in your in your view like where's the line between fulfilling the promise and being proactive and going too far like the you know uh, the difference between what does that look like because to to us we're we're we're, uh, americans are maximalist we're gonna go in and put boots on the ground do a no-fly zone or we're gonna never talk to any country unless that's trade right like there's no real in between yeah yeah, so like what is that what does that look like to to people in your region
4: well, the day when Ukraine got invaded, uh, people from Kosovo on a, on an official level asked the Americans f- to make the base permanent, like to be a permanent fixture. So it has its own uh, function that is beyond just a base. And I told you I've seen uh, uh, not only soldiers, but people who work there as, as contractors. And many of them actually got married here, live here. So they're ingrained in the society, and um so talk to them when I used to be on tinder so where uh, how long yeah have you ever
0: dated an American soldier? Let's hear it let's stop there let's skip the important stuff
4: <laughs>
0: yeah yeah how uh, did how'd it, how'd it go
4: <laughs> he's uh he's baking uh in America, and he has a kid, but he's a real good friend. He's, like, perfect gentleman.
0: Very nice. Good. We're glad to hear that, you know, international relations are going well. (laughs) So, back to, back to, like, the, you know, what does fulfilling that promise that you, you'd like to see America keep, what does that look like, versus oh, God, what did Joe do now?
4: (laughs) What is the keeping of the promise? Again, just, just, be the stabilizing like just be uh, the ideals you uphold. I know that within your society, you would want that for yourselves, right? Mm-hmm. But if that, if that can that promise can be made, if it's a promise or a guarantee, worldwide and not, not just flip at one moment, and that would be really nice like that that's the most you can ask for actually
0: boy reinhold is she fucked <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, people
4: will people will uh, go after my i it's really you really need to know that uh, that um, things would be much worse at some points like the uh, what the balkans was in the 90s that was that is the Balkans left to its own devices in its some tribal wars and uh
0: So I, you're I saying without without that American base <laughs> and the promise to keep the peace through that base you're I don't
4: think the base yeah I don't think the base does the peacekeeping. Okay. They just uh, tr- they just send off the soldiers to Bulgaria or you UK- used to to Ukraine. They they're doing soldier things, right? But like on
0: t- tender. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, so like so what I mean what does an, you know the and I'm forgive me for being ignorant of what's happening in my own country, but I'm curious like so when Soldiers leave that base and go do soldier things in various countries within the Balkans. What does that look like? What are they doing?
4: Well, uh for one they they used to get drunk. they used to cause <laughs> fights, so now it's oh that's over, and they have to write down every time they leave the base, where are you going give me Give me the name, the address, the phone number like you you make an application to have a date and um they um
0: No, I'm not saying yeah, like what are what are the bad things that, but like you know how are how are Americans keeping the peace in the Balkans? That's no, maybe they a uh, way
4: to they put ha- it. yeah it's just diplomacy. The soldiers they like quite literally they're doing soldier things they're doing military exercises, they fly the choppers, they you know military life,
0: but it's, it's not crazy. like but, I, 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 but it's not like you know where we're invading people's homes
3: and helping no,
0: aid no. the American government shut down foreign <laughs> no. media. Right? No. It's
3: mostly training because the you know we're giving we're giving um, military weapons and things like that. You know helicopters and planes and and anti tank weapons things like that. these people to help them defend themselves but they need trained on that equipment too so Mm -hmm. and there's military stuff that we can teach them because we've had a lot of experience with military stuff and and fighting wars so you know we're just passing on that to help them uh protect themselves it sounds like to me dion says
0: anna as a Black American, don't trust them motherfuckers.
4: Yeah, <laughs> well, he was Black, so
0: he was. Oh, there you go. Uh, Dion also said she has a drone flying over her house. That's why he's a perfect gentleman. And they stop getting drunk, Chris. That's how they're keeping the peace. <laughs> it's like, um, well, I think the this is
4: keeping is within diplomacy. That's the the main thing.
0: Yeah, I um well I appreciate your view. I mean, I I I would open it up to you to you know, any final thoughts like kind of give us a summation and, you know, and, and if you, you I know you're starting a podcast, uh please tell us where we can follow you.
4: Yeah, well, um uh, it's in Macedonia, so there's that at this point. So as soon as I uh, as I started running, then I'll think about switching internationally. But yeah, my Facebook profile and I have a site, and I just uh, did the pilot, the pilot episode. So I'm starting it off. Yeah, I well, won't. I mean, I won't torture you through the name because it's it's not in English.
0: All right. Well, look, Anna A N A C H U S H K O V A. If you want to go find her Facebook profile. Um, give us your final thoughts. Like, you know, you, you, have millions and millions of Americans listening. What would you say to them?
4: Um, yeah, well, be, don't, don't lash out at what's going on in Ukraine at the moment. Like, uh, we deserve those funds and that attention as well, because it is really tied to you in a way. So in what way? In every... And how
0: does it, af- how does it really affect us?
4: Well, the, the international policy, let's not talk resources. I really didn't want to go there. The, the, the natural resources that you have access or don't access to Germany, for example, lost its main source to gas because the, of the sanctions with Russia. And it had to be in solidarity to the so, Americans. So
0: in a sense, you're arguing to Americans and especially libertarians like us, like, your economic situation is tied into global security and peace.
4: Well, uh, it's just like uh, what COVID told us. It's it's because it's a virus in a province somewhere, in, in, a, I, in a place that I can name. It doesn't mean that it doesn't affect you, but it, because it can very easily come to that point. Maybe I cannot tell you the exact which will come there but this the world is a global village at this and everything is affected the inflation the gas prices tells you that right
0: like the kentucky pensioners who when biden implements these sanctions lose their damn pensions like it's just
4: yeah i didn't know
0: that when you look at sanctions like we look at it very like it's very short-sighted like it doesn't really curtail him and it just hurts the Russian people i mean is that how no. how many people in your region would view sanctions and economic sanctions like that
4: no the um there's no oil like the the flower went of the shells um uh, so everybody's and everything is so expensive hmm. I think I feel that we are more sanctioned than Russia is at this point
0: really why
4: yeah because of the so an average uh, salary in Macedonia is 400 euros monthly. That's $450. Wow. That's the, the only... Who is, uh, who is
0: sanctioning Macedonia?
4: No, I'm not saying anybody is sanctioning, sanctioning it. I'm saying we are as if somebody is sanctioning us just because we have the same effects just because of, of that situation the gas prices the the bread prices the the food prices and um so everybody is affected but we have a lot less to live on right mm. but i don't think we're blaming anybody for it it's just it's just one, it's one of those interesting times that we have to live through i guess
0: harry that's why china's belt and road investments not military security guarantees but investing in local countries like south of the the equator that's where it's been smart harry
2: yep doing the the belt and road initiative you know comes in and gives those, those cheap loans possible of security also from the chinese government also selling military weapons doing trying to do the like pseudo world policing that the u.s um does you know China tries to do like a well their own
0: version of it? Get yeah. them hooked on uh, Chinese money. Get them hooked yeah, on get, Chinese currency. Yeah, get them hooked on Chinese
2: money. Find like your uh, local corrupt politician and get some like that. It's that's a, a same M O. You
0: know? Reinhold, I can't have an episode where I don't let Harry rant about China.
3: We we almost got all the way through it, and you had to toss <laughs> him a, a, a nice little lob there. Didn't you? Well, Anna,
0: thank you so much for your time. It's been so great to talk to you. Uh, you know, I don't know how much how. I I, I I don't know if I agree with you totally on all this, but I do think it's interesting to hear your perspective and it's challenging for a lot of us. So, I mean, what do you, what do you guys think, Harry Reinhold?
3: I think it's great information and it's always uh, wise to find different point of views and different experiences than what you're used to and what you see. I mean, that's the only way you can do this is just talking to people and Mm. and getting, getting there and understanding and listening to what they're having to say and having empathy for them. So, um, that's how that's how you bring about peace. There's there's no way you can do that without doing it. When when you get to know people, it's kind of hard to hate people. Um, but if you don't get to know them, if you if you kind of pre, you know prejudge them or you know stereotype them, then it's just so much easier to just dehumanize them at that point and see them as an enemy and have no problem with with uh, military action. So. Like I said, this, this is the only way you get you can do that and, and and change that process.
2: Harry? Well, Anna, when you do get your podcast done, remember, RSS is everywhere. Put it on the internet. Let every, let people find you everywhere.
0: Hey, so, we, just, we're happy, even if we don't know what you're saying, to download it just to give you the download. So uh, send me a link, and I'll put it in the show notes so people can go check it out.
4: Yeah. 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 I will, but... Be- by Monday, I'll
0: put it out. Okay. What I love, Harry, about the, what's happening lately is mm. we're starting to see people from Russia and other places listening to the show. Anna, I'd I'd love for you to share this, uh, you know, and tell people in Macedonia to listen to the show. I'd love to expand our global reach. We've got Polar Knights on Twitch watching. He's from Norway, and he says he won the lottery because his mother-in-law is stuck in cu- quarantine. Huge win. <laughs> <laughs> so we're we're always excited and uh, Darla again I don't know if you're out there watching but we miss you and we're, we're sorry for offending you <laughs> alright everybody thank you so much for watching please if you uh, enjoyed this episode please share it with your friends and family uh, and just share it on your social media I have absolutely no reach left on social media I get Maybe a dozen likes on all of my social platforms. Anna, you have been censored for talking about some of this stuff just right as you, you were like, Hey, I think one of your followers reported me. I'm like, nah, it wasn't, wasn't us. It's the global censorship happens to everybody at this point, right?
4: It's, it's been crazy. Yeah. I've said something like, I don't know if I'm going to be banned for saying this. I said, Europeans are lazy and, and aloof, meaning European Union. And, uh, yeah, I got banned for a few days.
0: Well, those and days. then a
4: few days later, again, something, it's it's dug up something like a, a year, from a year ago.
0: That's what they do. Yeah, so Reagan went to share my post, Podcasting and Platforms has launched, Podcastingandplatforms.com. Download the podcast, please. I'm teaching people how to podcast. And she was like, oh, this is great. Hey. And so she got a notice saying, are you sure you want to share this from C Spangle on Instagram because you violated the community standards so many times? And I was like, ah, you'll be fine. Two days later, they scan her account and ding her uh, and say, well, she said... All Chris does is watch Hitler documentaries. Well, that was promoting violence, and so they dinged her. So because she shared my thing, it dinged her account. So I have no ability to share content anymore. So I'd really appreciate if you guys could pick up the slack and tell people about Mm the show because the organic reach that I once had on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, it's completely gone. I have no ability to share uh, on this or on the We Are Libertarian stuff. Go look at our likes on our page of 100,000 people. We get one like. And it's good old Mott. Mott likes everything we post. So uh, check that out. So this is the last vestige of independent thought, as Stephen Miller, not that Stephen Miller says. So thanks for watching us. We really do appreciate it. And thank you to Anna for sharing your perspective. It's been uh, awesome to hear it and uh, great. So thank you, and we will see you again soon.